Bearing one. Breach, breach, breach. You're listening to Breach Your Mind. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to Breach Your Mind. I hope everything's going well for you today. You're doing well. So, just a little show upkeep thing. Um, the weeks to come or so, you can expect a little change. We're going to have some actual conversation. So, instead of you sitting here listening to me drone on about things, you're actually going to be able to have a chance to hear some real conversation. So, that's something to look forward to. I know I'm looking forward to it. I gotta say, sitting in front of a microphone, sitting here having this conversation myself, it's uh, <laughs> well, it's a little different. I'm not used to that. So, just something to look forward to. So, today's show is going to be about something that maybe you've thought about, maybe you hadn't thought about, but it come to my mind uh, mainly back in about. Uh, I'd say about 2014. So, if you guys will think back with me, back in 2014, uh, there was a racially charged incident that occurred. A gentleman by the name of Michael Brown. I know there's mixed feelings about that, but that's not what we're getting into right now. Michael Brown was shot and killed by a law enforcement officer. And it became a racially charged subject all across the country. Um, if I remember correctly, it wasn't just our country, it was, you know, other countries were speaking up about some things too. But, you know, as a law enforcement officer, you know, when anytime a social issue pops up, especially one of that caliber, you know, you're talking about race, and that's an obviously a huge emotionally charged topic um, as a law enforcement officer, that's something you got to kind of keep your ear tuned to, uh, especially when it's involving your profession. So, back in 2014, that happened, and the country was kind of set ablaze, if you will, with a lot of emotionally charged comments and conversations, and understandably so. But here in our local area you know it wasn't something that we were seeing like was being broadcast all across the media but because we are you know still watching the media and we're still on social media and things like that we saw it too you know as law enforcement officers we were seeing what was going on and we were trying to stay in tune with with our population but was sitting at lunch one day with my shift and the topic of Ferguson come up and one of my guys on my watch, you know, basically it was, I can't remember the whole conversation, but basically it revolved around, you know, what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to handle this situation? And my first and, you know, immediate response was, well, I mean, it's simple. You just keep your finger on the pulse of the population, you know, you pay attention to what the people around you are doing, what the people around you are saying. And you mitigate the factors, you know, try to keep things calm, civil. That's what we're supposed to do. And I guess 
that didn't make a whole lot of sense or or didn't seem maybe rational. So I said, hang on, no, I'll, sh I'll show you. Something simple to do to keep the finger on the pulse. So I got up from the table, I mean, it was a buffet restaurant, and I walked up to the buffet and I just stood there. I got me a plate, was looking across the buffet, and there was a black gentleman standing there next to me. And I looked at him and basically said, man, there's a, so much food up here that uh, you know, it's kind of hard to pick which one to eat. And he looked at me, smiled, said, yeah, it is. A whole lot up there. And that's kind of how the conversation went. It didn't last maybe 45 seconds. And at the end of it, you know, we explained or exchanged pleasantries. You know, told him to have a good day. He said, you too. And we both parted ways and everything was fine. I sat back down at the table. And I said, well, there you go. He said, what? I said, you didn't see that? I said, you just went up there and got some food and talked to a guy. I said, exactly. But you're missing the point. See, I'm a white male. Not only am I a white male, I'm a white male in law enforcement. And the gentleman I was speaking to was African-American. So with all of this racially charged and emotionally charged um, conversation and, and things going, across, going on across the country, I stood next to a gentleman in a buffet restaurant, had probably a 45-second conversation with him, and everything was pleasant. Now, obviously, I don't know what was in that man's mind, and he don't know what was in mine. But in that brief 45 seconds, everything was fine. This man didn't yell at me. He didn't uh, shout explicatives at me. You know, nothing. It was a pleasant little 45-second conversation about food at a buffet. And I explained to him, I said, see, if that gentleman was so overrun by what's being broadcast on media, social media and, and national media alike, then that conversation could have gone a lot different. You know, he could have had quite a few other things to say to me. But he didn't. You know, it was that simple. Just that simple. You know, obviously if you're looking at social experiments or research in general, that's not a very good representative sample of our entire area. You know, one person out of, you know, I think it's, it's 40, 50,000 at the time, as far as population goes. You know, not a real good representative sample, or even close, but enough of an example for me to show my guys that, you know, not everybody is being drawn in like what's going on in the rest of the country. By no means am I, you know, trying to uh, take the light away or anything like that from what was going on at the time. But for our area, you know, our little piece of America, that's how things were. You know, obviously there were times when we'd come across one or two individuals that would have something to say about it and was their right. You know, they, they have the right to feel how they want about it. Um, but for that moment, you know, for that 45 seconds or so, there was nothing wrong. You know, it was just two guys standing at a buffet having a conversation about the food that was there. So that got me to thinking about the whole 
issue of labels. Now, when I was in college, going through my psychology degree, we talked about that. Now, that was actually one of the topics they really wanted to highlight on. Because in psychology, and it may have changed since I was in, I don't think it should, but that's my opinion. But in that particular lesson, they were talking about labeling someone by their mental disorder or mental disability or mental illness. Um, so somebody that uh, is, is dealing with schizophrenia. And I say, oh, well, they're schizophrenic. Um, you know, it kind of gets the idea across. You know, you wind up, instead of saying that they are managing or dealing or fighting, you know, this illness disorder or what have you, you know, you wind up kind of labeling them as their mental health issue. And what we've learned and what they've learned through science and studies and things like that is that when you do that, when you start labeling individuals by their mental health disorder, they start to associate with it. You know, it has a negative effect on the individual because once you start labeling them that way, that's how they start seeing the self as opposed to an individual that is living with a mental health disorder, illness, or what have you. So I decided that I wanted to expand that. You know, I wanted to see how labels affect us in everyday life. Not just psychology, you know. I mean, obviously psychology plays a role in it to an extent. But how do these labels affect us in our everyday life? you know, without even thinking about it. So what I decided to do was, in a sort of way, conduct my own social experiment. Now, a lot of social experiments, you know, it's more just kind of watching. It's not really intervening or being a part of. But I call it a social experiment simply because I was going out in society asking them their opinion. So what I wound up doing was I decided that I would go to different individuals, different races, nationalities, what have you, and I would ask people about labeling. Now, obviously, it wasn't so generic. It was much more directed towards what was going on in the country at the time, in 2014, which was a lot of racially charged um, conversation and that's all because just in case for those that don't remember um, Michael Brown was a black male and he was shot and killed by a white police officer now there's a lot of details in there and, and you can do your own research on it or even we can have a conversation about it at some point but the purpose of this is it was a black male and a white male in which the black male died and that was the narrative that was being pushed. That was, that was what was being focused on, if you will. The fact that the deceased was a black male and the one that caused him to be deceased was a white male. So that was the purpose of directing this specific conversation. And an example of what I wound up doing was I went to one of our local convenience stores 
And excuse me, while late at night, I'm standing there with the clerk. I just made my purchase. I think it was you know, something to drink and, and maybe a little snack. And I said, can I ask you something? She said, well, sure. I said, you know, obviously you don't have to answer. I said, but I've been curious about something. She says, okay. I said, in our society, we strive, or at least most, I think, would like to think, we strive to make sure everyone is seen and treated as equal. She said, yeah. I said, but have you ever stopped to think of what we do to drive division between us, the individuals, you know, what, what we actually do to make sure we are set apart from everyone else while we're still trying to bring everyone together, you know, look and see as everybody as the same, treat them all the same, but at the same time, we're trying to make sure we're all set apart. She goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, take this for instance. Let's say I walked in and I wanted to tell you about a conversation I had with an individual or something that I saw. And in this conversation, the individual's race, nationality, uh, gender, sexual orientation, is 100% irrelevant, meaning adding it doesn't add to or take away from the story. She said, okay. I said, if I tell you this story, um, say for instance, I was sitting in a restaurant eating and I heard a gentleman complaining about the service that he was receiving. And that was the basis of the story. You know, this, this individual complaining about the service he was getting. Would it make a difference if I said he was a white male, a black female, a Native American? You know, would it make a difference if, you know, I said that the individual was Islamic, Catholic, you know, added in their religion. And she stopped and she thought about it for a second. She kind of gave me this confused look. But she wound up telling me that the confused look wasn't because she was confused about the situation, but more so confused at the fact that she never stopped to think about that. Now, my supposition on the whole thing is that with the exception of specific situations, a person's gender, race, nationality, religious um, affiliation, those things don't matter. It's a descriptor that we add to a story or whatever we're telling. It's just a descriptor. And it's a descriptor to set that individual off. But if the story or the conversation is about that individual, what other separation do there's need to be? You know? So, this is what I did. You know, I went around our little area, and I was asking people this. And what I wound up getting more than anything was that, no, you know, this person's race, gender, what have you, was irrelevant. Unless those descriptors were specific to the story, then what did they add to it? Now, I'm all about adding detail to a story. Um, I've got friends and family to tell you that 
you know, I act out my, my stories and I make a sound effects and try to imitate voices and things like that. So I love descriptors. You know, it helps paint a better picture. But generally speaking, adding in these other descriptors, which sets an individual apart from others, does it really add to the story? And in my thoughts, it really doesn't. You know, I mean, obviously it adds a description, but if that person's description is not relevant to the story, then why does it even need to be mentioned? You know, obviously if you're going into your doctor's office, there are um, gender, race, um, religious beliefs, those things matter, you know, because there are certain things that religious beliefs doctors can and can't do. Um, races have uh, something to do with it, um, and obviously gender. So with regards to these specific situations where these descriptors matter, why do we have to use them anywhere else? You know? And that really kind of just kind of played through my mind. Um, at the time, I even tried to make a little Facebook survey about it. Um, but apparently, not a whole lot of people really wanted to be involved in that um, with it being something that was focused on the the friends and family that I had on Facebook and it's understandable I don't I don't hold it against them um, a lot of people don't want their name associated with a conversation like that um, just because it is such a emotionally charged situation but in my instance it was for my own education and since then I'm, I'm not perfect but I try to eliminate those descriptors if it's not relevant, then I don't really feel the need to put it in there. You know, obviously when I'm doing my job, um, those things matter. But in my everyday life, or if I'm even on the job just telling a story, eh, I try to eliminate those things because I believe they're irrelevant. Um, I don't think they add anything to the story, and I believe it does nothing but separate an individual from everyone else which I've already done if that person is the subject of the conversation or the story. And because of that, you know, I, I choose not to do that. It's a personal choice. I don't see where it's beneficial. Now, like I said, this was back in 2014. And after I conducted my little study and I decided to make these changes in my personal life, I didn't really think too much else about it. You know, obviously it would pop up here and there. But for the most part, I didn't think anything else about it. I had the answer that I needed. I went out not knowing and discovered an answer and the evidence supported that answer. So I was good with it. Until 2018. So I'm sitting there sipping my coffee. Wow, I just said coffee. I was sipping my coffee uh, early one morning sitting on the couch going through my routines like I normally would you know balancing my my financials out and you know catching up on the media of the world and I always have the local news on in the background you know I, I like knowing what's going on around me in my local community and of course after the local media goes off that's when the national media comes on so I'm sitting there and this is 
I believe the day after, a couple of days after, uh, whatever it was, um, of a congressional election. A bunch of people won their elections. You know, good job. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening through the news story and and them talking about the individuals that won their elections. They were making sure to mention a lot of other descriptors that, at least to me, and concerning the topic of the article, or, or I don't know what they call it in TV land, I don't know what they call the section, but the, the section of the show where they were talking about who won these elections. They were adding in all these descriptors that just kind of seemed excessive to me. You know, I didn't understand why we needed to point that out. So, obviously, when I was sitting there trying to delve a little deeper into it, I didn't feel like sitting there just hitting the rewind button and, you know, jumping forward and watching it over and over again. I wanted something in print. So what I wound up doing was I went to the news media site and looked up that day's show, and I found the printed article for it. You know, the everything they said in the show just in a transcript and I was reading through it and something I come across you know was what I had heard and I'm just going to read off these names real quick to kind of give you an understanding of what I heard that stood out to me so this was 2018 congressional elections Sharice Davids the first lesbian Native American elected Ayanna Presley the first black woman in Massachusetts elected to Congress. Jared Polis, the first openly gay governor. Rashid Tlaib, first Muslim Palestinian American. Ilan Omar, first Muslim Somali American. Deborah, I believe it's Holland, first Native American. Veronica Escobar and Sylvia Garcia, first Latino women. Now, if the conversation or the topic of that segment of the show, there you go, figured it out. If that segment of the show was about firsts, you know, the first lesbian Native American, the first black woman in Massachusetts, the first openly gay governor, if that segment of the show was about firsts, then these descriptors would make more sense. But that's not what the segment was about. The segment was just simply talking about who won these elections. You know, if it was the incumbent, if it was the challenger. That's what the segment was about. But yet, they chose to add in these additional descriptors. And it just didn't seem to make much sense to me. You know, to me, adding in these descriptors and intentionally separating these individuals who had won their elections separating them from the rest of the American population just kind of took something away from it, you know? I know, obviously, with several of these names in that list, that, especially in 2021, there's a lot of conversation and, and heated arguments about. But at that moment, in 2018, when these individuals won their elections, it was something to be congratulated on. You know, it was it was accomplishing something. It deserved a moment of congratulations to the individuals 
that ran their elections and won. Regardless of your political beliefs, religious beliefs, or whatever it may have been, these individuals entered into a contest running for an elected official office, and they won. So it was a moment of celebration, of, of congratulatory statements being made. And instead, this news media outlet chose to add in these descriptors that set them apart. Now, as far as I'm concerned, and maybe I'm just too simple-minded to think about it any other way, but Sharice Davids, Ayanna Presley, Jared Polis, Rashida Tlaib, Elon Omar, Deborah Holland, Veronica Escobar, and Sylvia Garcia, they're Americans. They're Americans that ran for public office and won, you know? And as I said in a, a posting back in 2018, congratulations, you know? Congratulations to all these individuals that won. Um, I'm just like in 2018, uh, my idealistic hopes, idealistic, there you go, idealistic hopes is that these individuals are elected to office and all they want to do is truly help the American population. You know, that's, that's putting all the, politi or the political crap aside and the separation of the parties and so on and so forth. That's what my idealistic hope is, is that's what they want. Now, we can go into conversation about the rest of that mess later on. But regarding this article, it bothered me. And I don't remember if it was in 2018 because it aggravated me enough that I didn't even look it up. But along the same lines came the whole gender classification or gender identification now let me go ahead and say, I don't care what you want to identify as, okay? If you're happy, good. That's all I want. If you're happy and you're helping people and, and you're making a positive change or, or bringing positivity to the world, then great. The fact that you identify as a male, a female, you're non-binary, whatever it may be, it's 100% irrelevant. It plays no effect in my life. And I don't mean that to kind of sound... Uh, like I can't think of the word, but I don't mean for it to sound, you know, like dismissive. But how you identify is... I don't want to say irrelevant, at least as far as everyday you know, actions and things like that go on because I know, I'll say I know, I would assume that part of the reason why it's become such a huge issue is people wanting to be treated the same based off of their beliefs and so on and so on. And that's fine. But if we're striving and struggling and fighting so hard to make sure we're all seen as the same, we're all equal, that we all have the equal rights and everything. Why do we strive so hard to set ourselves apart from everyone else? Now that doesn't mean in your individual life you're, you know, trying harder or working different ways to try to get something for yourself. But in general, you know, generally speaking, why are we fighting 
so hard just to identify ourselves as something other than the norm. Now, that's a, a huge category in and of itself because what's normal? But why do you have to have your label? You know, I think when I think of it, one of the things that pops out first and foremost is I believe it was California or somewhere out west. Um, this individual was in a store and I believe the clerk referred to the person as a sir. Um, and the individual got highly upset. You know, it's ma'am. And there was this huge spectacle because the clerk misidentified the individual. Again, I'm not trying to take away from your personal identity. But why? You know, this is a person you don't know. Their opinion of you shouldn't matter. But you make this huge spectacle in public just to make sure that that clerk and everybody in shouting distance understood that you identified as a ma'am. So what? You know, it doesn't take away your rights. It doesn't take away what's right and wrong. It doesn't take away any of that. You know, I, I've said in one of the other shows, as a kid coming up, I would answer the phone in our home and people would confuse me of sounding like my mom. You know, and I'd say, oh, well, you know, it, it's, it's Brian, you know. But that's where I would leave it. Even if they wanted to keep calling me ma'am, I'd just go find my mom and give them the phone. It wasn't worth making some huge spectacle out of it. Thankfully, you know, obviously I got a little more bass in my voice as I hit puberty. So I don't have to worry about that as much. As much, that is. But, you know, this was somewhere in the 90s, I think. You know? I didn't make such a spectacle out of it. So I don't understand why there has to be such a spectacle about it now. You know, if you're being denied insurance for your significant other and, you know, you both identify as, as females or non-binary or, you know, males and your biology is male or female, then, yeah, I get it. You know, if you're being denied something that you should be able to have access to, simply because of how you identify, then yeah, by all means, that's something to fight for. But you're making a purchase in a store. You know? What what do you what do you hope to accomplish by making this huge scene because some kid behind the counter addressed you by your biology and not your identity. You know, I don't get upset when people don't even know my name in public. That's my identity. I am Brian. You know, it's my identity. But I'm not going to raise Cain just because somebody doesn't know my name or they think I'm one of my coworkers because I have a high and tight haircut and I'm wearing the same uniform. Oh, I thought you were somebody else. I'm not making some huge scene out of that. You know, this person just stripped me of my identity and identified me as someone else. Not a great deal different than you being referred to as a gender that's 
you know, not the one you identify as. Again, I'm not trying to take away from it. I'm not trying to take away from how you identify yourself. Hell, I don't care if you identify as a coffee table. That's you. Do you. But why do we have to sit here and create these labels? You know, psychology taught me that labels are bad. You know, it's bad to label individuals by their mental health issues. And likewise, you know, go to back before the Civil War, during the Civil War, coming up through the uh, desegregation of America. Think of all the names that African Americans were called. You know, they're derogatory. They're still derogatory today. We don't say them because it was a label. You know, all of these racially charged names that African Americans were called back then, it was a label. That's all it was. So we don't do it, or we shouldn't do it. Now, I know there's still a lot of the population that does, and I would never claim that this country is perfect and 100% away from the racial divide. But we've learned that these things are bad. You know, they're intentionally derogatory. They're meant to, um, you know, stir an emotion. But we've learned that these labels are bad. Psychology has taught us that these labels are bad. But yet now, in this current century, I see it constantly, at least on social media and media. You got to pull your head out of that crap every once in a while just to get a breath of fresh air. But in general, individuals are making such a huge issue just to be separated from everyone else. You know, that poses a larger question to me. What are you missing? What did you miss growing up? You know, obviously I don't think that this is something that applies to everybody. But that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Is that you were deprived of something during the early developmental stages of your life that makes you now feel so passionate that identifying yourself as something different from everyone else is so important. Again, I can't say it enough. I'm not trying to take anything away. But if we're fighting so hard to make sure everyone's treated equally, and that everyone has the same rights and privileges as everyone else, why are we so busy fighting to make sure that we create these labels to intentionally set people apart. I don't understand it. You know, when I'm on duty or, or just in general, I'm in public, I look around at everyone around me and they're individuals. You yourself are an individual. And you deserve the same respect, the same rights, the same privileges that I do. I don't care what you identify as. I have my own beliefs, you know, just to set the record as, as such, I am biologically a male. I identify as a male, but at the same time, 
I don't care what you identify as. If you want to tell me you're a woman, great. Good job, ma'am. You know, if I mess it up because I didn't know, well, then I'm sorry. I didn't know. There's no sense in making a scene out of it. You know, whether I believe what you believe is 100% irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's not my belief. It's yours. The only person it should matter to is you. The only person it should matter to is you. The only opinion that should matter is your own opinion. So what am I missing? You know, I've tried to figure this out. Like I said, labels are something I've thought about, obviously, during school, but mainly the real hard delve into it started in 2014. You know, we're seven years past that. Seven years. Seven years ago, I started to really look at how these labels affect our society. And here we are, seven years later, in my opinion, worse off than we were. Because we strive so hard to set each other separate from everyone else. We try to set ourselves separate from everyone else. You know, we may have different mindsets, we may have different thoughts and beliefs and whatnot, but we're all still the same. We're all still human beings. We all still live on planet Earth. You know, we're the same. I don't get it. You know, I'm sure there are some that would find this um, emotionally charged and say that, oh, well, you're a, a, a cisgender whatever, because I don't know the terms. That's why. You know, you're judging me. Well, I'm not judging you. I don't care. I don't think you get it. You know, the vast majority of society, at least the people that I'm around, they don't care either. You want to identify as a woman, identify as a woman. You want to say that you're non-binary, say you're non-binary. Who cares? Live your life like you want to live it. That's the only thing that makes sense to me, is living your life the way you want to live it. Am I missing it? Is it because I'm a white male in America that I'm missing all of this? You know, I, I know there's some racial comments and things that people can say about what I just said, but I've said it a couple of times. I don't care. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your sex is. I don't care what you identify as. You're an individual, and you deserve the same rights and privileges as me. So why is it so important? You know? By all means, if you want to say you're something different, then say you're something different. And if somebody doesn't agree, who cares? What does it matter? Does, does it really change your life? Because they don't believe, now all of a sudden you're going to go change how you identify yourself? No. If they don't agree with you, so what? Not everybody's going to agree with you. I've been married for 21 years. My wife and I don't agree on a lot of things, but we're still together. We're still individuals. 
you know, my kids. Lord knows my kids don't agree with me a lot of times. We still love each other. We're still together. But what does it matter? I don't know. I hadn't figured that part out. I don't know that I will. I think there's something else there. And I don't think it's something that I'm missing that's going to change my mind to understand, oh yes, this is what we should be doing. We should be making such a huge issue out of this. Like I said, if you're being deprived of something you should have because of it, then so be it. I'm all for it. Go out, you know, get what you should be able to get. Fight for what you should be able to have. But if what you're fighting for is to make everybody believe what you believe, well, that seems wrong. I mean, look at Hitler. He wanted everyone to believe that blonde hair and blue eyes was a master race. I believe history has proven that it's eh, not really the case. I kind of frowned on what Hitler did. I believe the Jewish community has a little something to say about it. All because he wanted everybody to believe what he believed. And he tried to carry it out. But here we are in 2021 doing the same thing. Doing the same thing. Just because people don't believe exactly what you believe. I don't know, man. It just, it just doesn't make sense. Just because somebody doesn't believe what I believe, I don't go out in there and brain bash them for it. I'm not screaming in their face for it. Whether they believe it or not, it's irrelevant. I believe it. That's all I care about. And unless we're trying to accomplish a certain thing, I really don't care what their opinion is. Maybe that sounds bad. I don't mean for it to sound bad. But if I let everybody else's opinion affect me, where in the heck would I be? What in the heck would my mental state be? Because I'm so worried about everybody else's opinion. There's a few opinions that I value. And those individuals know it. But for everyone else, I'm sorry, maybe, I don't know. Your opinions are relevant to me as far as what I believe. Your opinion on certain topics or this topic or whatever, by all means, I'm all for it. But as far as how it affects my life, sorry, maybe, I don't know, just what I believe. I don't believe getting see, I don't believe in getting so bogged down with whether you believe me. I don't get so bogged down in whether anybody believes me or believes what I believe. Take it back. I care if you believe me. Don't care if you believe what I believe. You don't have to. Great thing about this country. You don't have to believe the same thing as everyone else. You can believe whatever you want. I believe you look back at our history far enough, you'll find a million and one examples of people that didn't believe what you believed, didn't believe what others believed. You know? Jim Jones or whatever the guy's name was where they drank the flavor aid so they could all 
jump on the spaceship following a comet. They believed it. It's tragic. Loss of life over something like that. But hey, who's to say those individuals didn't do it? I don't know. Everybody's got their own beliefs. The only thing I do know is we're not helping ourselves. We're not helping ourselves by creating these labels. We're not helping ourselves by giving ourselves these labels to intentionally set ourselves apart from everyone else. Especially when we've been fighting so hard to draw everybody together. To make sure everybody is seen as the same. Have their same privileges, the same rights. But yet, we're going to keep labeling. We're going to label ourselves. We're going to label those around us. We're going to label people we see on TV. Label people we see in the grocery store. We're going to label them. We're going to set them apart. They're not the same as me. I'm better. They ain't. Not even close. Matter of fact, if you believe you're better, as far as a person goes, eh, I think there's a lot of people listening that would tend to think that, uh, yeah, you're quite a bit less. If you're so self-entitled that you believe you're better than someone else as a person. Obviously, there's some mitigating factors in there. But in general speaking, when you know nothing else about a person other than what you see, you think you're better than that person, I would submit that you are not. I would submit that that person has a very good chance of being a better person than you because they're more accepting. They're not looking at you judging you. Or maybe they are. Maybe you two are more alike than you really know. It's just my, my belief, guys. I don't get it. I don't understand you know, why we're fighting so hard to segregate ourselves by these labels when we're still trying to fight to bring everybody together. I don't think a perfect world exists, but I'd be daggone if I don't think some people are doing the best they can to undo what's been done. Undo the joining of what's already been brought together. I hope you're not one of those individuals. I wouldn't think that if you're listening to this podcast, especially if you've made it this far in, that you are. Maybe you are. And if you are, I hope I've given you something to think about. I hope maybe you'll think about some of the things that were brought up and see how it applies to your life and think maybe a little different. Maybe, just maybe, you'll think that this label you have to have or this label you want to put on someone else, maybe it's not as helpful as you hope for. By all means, be yourself. Be an individual. But don't get hung up on the label. And if you do believe similar to me, I hope you're able to still get something from this. I hope maybe 
you'll take the time to look in your life and see if there's something you've done that labels people. And maybe like me, decide to drop that label. See what of a difference it makes. I know for me it's made things different, at least in my own mind. Once I dropped those labels, it made things a little better for me. Felt like I was contributing in my own small way at bringing us all together. Just my two cents, guys. So, rather than droning on, I hope you were able to get something from this show. If not, I've got a few others at this point you can check out. Maybe you can get something from there. But, like I said, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. And like I said at the beginning of the show, hopefully in the weeks to come, we're going to change up the format just a little bit and actually be able to have a real conversation rather than just hearing me. So, until then, have a good day, guys, and uh, catch you on the next one. Guys, like always, you've been great. So don't forget, hit us up here on the show. Let us know about some of the things you want to talk about or some of the things you want to hear about. We're here for you. So until next time, have a good one. We'll catch you on the next one.